Welcome to the Re-Evolve Media Revolution Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. We've got a great interview for you today with Canadian hip-hop artist Arlo Maverick. Thank you for joining us. And before we jump into the interview, I just wanted to briefly catch you up on where we are at with the podcast and with Re-Evolve Media as a whole. This episode is effectively the first in our third season. We've come a long way thus far, interviewing over 30 artists nationwide and talking through their various perspectives while attempting to shine a light on the overall human condition and psyche. Our goal has always been to incite conversations and thoughts that breach through comfort zones and allow for critical thinking on areas that don't often see the attention. Although we are far from the goals that we had set out prior to launching the podcast, we are exactly where we need to be because this is one of our core tenets. You would think that something well thought out and with good intentions would thrive with a bit of persistence, but that just isn't the world we live in. I remember my younger days as an artist. I would always be writing, then recording, then releasing the track that was going to be my breakout song. The one that was going to take me to the top and release me from my life of trial and error, struggle and failure, having that overt optimism eventually meeting cold, hard reality. Yes, I remember those days very well because they are similar to current times, except for one key condition that has completely altered everything relating to it. And that is simply how I look at it. There was never error. There was never failure, and in fact, the cold hard reality in reaching the finality of any experience is the realization that the journey was more prominent to character than the result was. Now, I refuse the destination. There is no goal. There's nothing but the foundation and the next steps. The focus is on what needs to be done based on what has been built so far. The goal has always been success, but now so is the method by which we operate. Reevolve Media now has a beat store and available merchandise, which was a goal that we set out uh, several months ago, so please check that out on our website. But I don't view the delay as a failure because I know that in a few months, both platforms will completely evolve from what they currently are, and they would have been completely different had they been released those set months ago, and I'm proud of where we are. It's amazing to be able to look back on how things used to be and relate them to how things are now. It's fantastic to speculate on how things could be as well, but it is very important to realize that things are the way they are for a reason. And with this realization, your universe can change completely. Let's say what's up to Arlo Maverick. All right, we're good to go. What is up, everyone? I'm here with Arlo Maverick. Arlo, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great, brother. And is it safe to call you Arlo? I actually didn't even get your real name. I don't know if this is your handle or what. Yeah, no, it's okay to call me Arlo. Uh, it's a shortened form of my real name. Um, but yeah, it's so either or. Either or. Works, either or. You know? What's your real name? Just Marlin. just for the sorry. Marlon. Marlon. Okay. Yeah. Marlon. Welcome to the show, brother. So you're out of. Edmonton, Alberta. That's correct. You're a, you've got a combination of kind of like soulful hip hop with some electronic and pop notes. You you spread a message of honesty, loyalty, integrity, inspiration, and progress. Man, all these things that we kind of like need in this day and age. And dude, I'm so happy we're having this interview right now because you're the type of artist that I personally like. I look for or that I've vibed with in the past. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that uh, we were able to connect and I look forward to the conversation. Yeah, dude. I And I got to mention that because before we got on the record, we had at least 15 minutes of solid, like should have been on the record conversations, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to bring it all up again. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, when it comes to your music, man, you've got you give me vibes that just so for the so the audience can kind of get a grip of what your uh, your music style is, or at least what I've perceived of it. But you've got this kind of influence that I take from like Childish Gambino or like J Cole or the people that don't just do music for the sake of music, but actually there's a purpose to the words. There's a purpose to each bar. There's a purpose yes. to there's a message. Yes, totally. Uh, well, J. Cole, Kendrick, uh, Childish Gambino, um, anybody who's who's, and it's not to say that the the music is always like message driven, but I always find a way to present life because I think that at the end of the day, if you listen to a J. Cole track, um, if you listen to a Kendrick track, if you listen to Childish Gambino, uh, Joey Badass, like a lot of these artists are just like creating music that speaks to everyday situations, but finding a way to make it relatable but at the same time though making it so that it doesn't feel like it's preaching at any so that's the I word bro try to find that balance you know you, you try and make it so that people perceive it as art first and then when they dig deeper they find the the meanings at least within themselves yes. yeah yes totally 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 that's dope bro so the way that i can see it you've or just from what i've seen is it seems like you started releasing music around 2015 is that correct Yes, as a solo artist around 2015. Um, prior to that, I was with a group called Politic Live. Um, Politic Live? Ooh, tell yeah, me about it. Yeah. So Politic Live was myself, uh, Dirk Gritty, Big Anolti, and DJ Sonny Grimes. Um, we put out three projects, Notoriety, Adaptation, and Ellipsis. Um, we were and these are all homies out of Edmonton. Yes, 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 yes. All Edmonton based from the West End. Um, and yeah, we put out uh, three projects that uh, received critical acclaim both in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, we charted both in Canada and in the U.S. Um, oh. We were able to do tours. We were able to shoot music videos that got on, on TV before like uh, YouTube uh, introduced and like shut down all the old formats of like, um, yeah, whether it be like much music or MTV. But um, yeah, we got award nominations and so on and so forth. And it, it's, yeah, it was, it was a cool run but at the same time though like um the group didn't it's not to say that we've disbanded or anything like that it's just that life took everyone into different places and and but for me um i still wanted to explore music and i wanted to uh yeah continue to, to kind of just be that that uh that artist who's able to um because at if you listen to the majority of the music that's coming out right now um unfortunately there isn't a message um and i feel no. that like as opposed to me being one of those people who critiques it and as, uh, yeah, as opposed to being someone who critiques it, critiques it, I felt it was important to try to be the change. And I know that sounds kind of hokey, but um, the Gandhi quote is be the change in the world that you want to see. And so whether it be through music, whether it be through mentorship, whether it be through um, just leading by example, I always try to be what I want, what I want to see, you know? And For sure. That's not to say that I don't make make mistakes because we're all human, but I do think that if we saw more Kendricks, if we saw more Coles, then I think that hip hop would be very different. And that's not to say, that's not for me to rag on someone else's experiences because like we all have our stories that we're sharing. We all are um, inviting people into our world and saying this is these are my these are my experiences. Uh, um, this is what my people go through, so on and so forth. But I do think that we do have to be very mindful of how we communicate that message because if you look at someone like Jay-Z, Jay-Z has always had a message of like, yo, like, I sold drugs. And, um, but he ha he also says, has lines like, Hove did that so you wouldn't have to go through that, you know? So it's just like yeah. giving that honest perspective in the sense of, I did this, I'm not proud of it, but I'm giving you these stories for you not to go down the same path. And I think the cool thing with hip hop is that it's grown to the, to become this thing that you don't have to rap about just selling drugs. You don't have to rap about just 
whatever it may be, like you could tell your stories. And like, there's so many topics and so, there's so many topics that are untapped in hip hop, which is so crazy because as human beings, we're so multidimensional. We go through all these different experiences, but it takes a really great artist to actually rap about these things and make it fascinating. Like you look at Kendrick's song, Duckworth, like he's rapping about how his mentor and his father are connected in a way that end up creating him the MC. And it's like something as trivial as that, trivial as that he found a way to make it interesting. And I think that as hip hop artists or just artists, period, that's what we have to do. But I think that within the genre of hip hop, like we need to explore more and kind of dive deeper into these stories of like, yo, like, I'm trying to give an example, but I can't think of anything right now. But you, but you get good, what I'm saying though, right? I get what you're saying, man. It, I, I think I can boil it down to at least take one point out of it is that it's it's really tough to speak to the masses when you're trying to communicate with the individual because you can say you can say a whole bunch of good stuff and everybody's down for it. But the second you say something that, like, because we're all aware of the, the massive divides that are happening in the world, the US, yes. even in Canada, the second that you say something that turns one person off, it, and it could be as simple as as like what you said like uh, oh yeah i grew up selling drugs but now i don't do that that you've just lost an entire division of people who will people. like no, just blow you off because of that so you got to find a way to put it artistically that doesn't directly say that but insinuates it yeah totally totally and it, i think it's it's um to speak to two points of what you just said part of it is not glorifying something um and that could be the good or the bad right um, exactly and I think that the 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 second thing is, is is that we all have to understand is that there are your music is not always going to resonate with everyone. And I think that sometimes as artists, we want our music to be appreciated by everybody. But even someone as big as Drake, not all his music resonates with every single person out there. And even For Michael sure. Jackson, we know, went, we know Drake got booed off stage just a couple yeah, of years that, ago, right? Ex- ex- exactly. And it was it was. I think that I think that. There's always a lesson to be learned from everything. And I think that if you're an independent artist looking at that, then you have to understand that like your music is not going to be liked by everyone. So appreciate those who actually do mess with your music. That is the word. If the number one artist, hip hop artist in Canada can be booed off stage, why would you be pissed off if somebody doesn't like your music as an independent artist? Yeah. And and the thing about it too is that, that that should show you to appreciate your fans even more, man. Like and Exactly. It's it's so crazy because like if the weird thing with, with music is that like when you have your niche and you're just starting out and like um that that niche, they'll love you, they'll support like everything you do, like they're they're holding on to every single word. They're like because I remember when Cole first came out, like I was trying to introduce Cole to everybody, and everyone's just like, yes. nah, I'm not really feeling him, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, how do you not feel this dude? Right. And <laughs> what's crazy about it is that what I didn't realize, and it's not to say I didn't realize, but I just it's just one of those things where you're just so passionate as a fan that one of the things I wasn't paying attention to was the fact that eventually as Cole gets bigger he's gonna have to get to the point where he's gonna have to well he doesn't have to but a lot of times artists will then feel the need to change their music right and we saw with the sideline stories how he completely changed up what he was doing from the 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 come up the warm-up friday night lights where those were so pure and i think that as like there's a pro and a con to that because of the fact that like as j cole began to get bigger within the music industry his music began to change which then some of his diehard fans were just like, yeah, like we, we, we'll stay with him forever. And some people were just like, it's not the same Cole. It doesn't feel the same. So I think yeah. that there's there's always going to be, I think the only artist of in recent times that's been able to 
walk the line and not have anybody quite because even drake like you listen to drake's earlier stuff a lot of people like he's not the same right but the one artist that has been able to maintain like that same consistency and just get better and like have been able to attract mainstream fans but still keep his core fans is probably kendrick you know because like good kid mad city core fans are still there new fans come to pimp a butterfly core fans are still there new fans come untitled master core fans are still there new fans come damn same thing where a lot of other artists like as they begin to ascend all of a sudden you have people who are just like well it's not it doesn't feel the same it doesn't sound the same they're not talk, rapping about the same thing so to circle it back to our conversation here <laughs> as artists i think that we have to be mindful of the fact that um there's something that we sometimes we give away who we are and stop being as poignant with our 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 message and uh avoid certain things or or try to twist things or change things up in order to reach a larger audience but as we get as the as we begin to get that larger audience sometimes we lose those fans who actually cared about what we're doing before anybody else cared about what we were doing you know see I'm, i'm curious about that and i think it's worth talking more about because especially when you bring it up in in the light of j cole and kendrick and and i'm even drawing parallels to childish gambino here because with j cole and childish gambino as the music went on as as their careers went on and they hit this point of success where their music is being heard uh worldwide at, essentially you can talk to anyone and they've heard of them yeah. and then they start to take on this image of I don't know. It's it's less appealing to the masses, but that's, here's something that's that, true. That's true. Here's something that you said that, <laughs> that I. It's something that you said that kind of. I don't know if about this, but it, it, they're losing some of their original fans. But for me, it seems like they're trying to appeal more instead of to the masses to the individual. Individual. I'm not 100% mm. sure because both of these individuals, J. Cole and Childish Gambino, even their appearance uh, over the time has changed. Like they, they, they're both rocking the beards. They're both rocking yeah. the long hair. They're both doing like, they're showing some skin now and then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the funny thing with Childish Gambino is that like this dude, when he came in, like was, was more of a clean cut and he never really. Oh, yeah. Like, like yeah like so he but then as things got like he's now rocking the dad bod it's just like yo yep. dude you know and it's like <laughs> and to he's me, using like, it for the message exactly but the cool thing about that though is that um and i think that cole got to a point where once he did forest hills drive that's when he was just like okay like and and to, to, to give context to what i was saying what i was saying is that during the first couple albums that cole had put out i feel that he was put under that pressure to become like this megastar. And then he even said that his music began to change once he did Forest Hill Drive because he had to like kind of just like ground himself. And then that's when he started to grow the hair out. And all of a sudden you see him with the dreadlocks now. He's not worried about dressing fancy or anything like that. The guy's riding through New York on his bike. Like, and to yeah. me, I appreciate that more because it's just like we have this thing of, of putting artists on pedestals and idolizing them. Where, some t- where J. Cole has said, I'm a man of the people, not above, but equal. And when I hear things like that, it's like, yo, I relate to that more than someone who wants to seem almost like a deity and then yeah, wants the to best. be worshipped. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, with, with Cole and even with, with Kendrick as well, too. Kendrick went from being a very clean cut dude to now like having the the like having braids and like eventually he's going to probably come out with, with dreadlocks as well, too. You know, and I think that, as you said, the appearance um speaks more to to their appearance now speaks more towards um just an organic and authentic just honest stripped down 
um, ah. this is who I am type of parent, you know? Dude, this is so, this is so crazy because it actually relates to like modern day, the, the shit that's going on in current events. Because as soon as, as soon as you start focusing on those people that actually that you resonate with and the messages that you want to send and you start losing those people who were kind of just vibing with the, the, I don't know, the mainstream elements of it, those people who you lose start to now shit on your new stuff. And, and then maybe certain people who still vibe with it start to be like, Oh, has he changed? They start to consider it and Mm. start to think like, and they start to diminish your character. And so it's not, you're not just, Oh man, what a trip. And the crazy thing about it too, is that it's hard to please everybody. And it's impossible. It's oh, it's impossible because because like you may do one thing right for one person, but then another person is like, well, you didn't do this, and it's just like, what do you want me to do? And I think that as artists, it's like <laughs> it's one of the craziest things because you're looking at there's a balance of art and entertainment, right? And yes. the art to me speaks for community. The entertainment speaks for consumer, right? Ooh, and so I like when that. You, when you're creating the the art, you're t- you're speaking the stories of people from your community, and like you're actually giving like you become a voice for that community in the sense of like, yo, these are the things that are, that are going on in our in our neighborhood. Whether it be talking about um, the lack of 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 uh, the, like poor schools, whether it be looking at poverty, whether it be looking at um, unemployment, whether it be looking at um, gang violence or, or or anything that that affects the community, like that's the art. And so when a rapper is like coming out with it with a song that really just articulates what the community is going through. Then it's just like you get put onto this, not a pedestal, but your community puts you in the sense of like, we need you because of the fact that you are the voice that is going to allow for people to understand what we're going to. And hopefully that creates the conversation that allows for these things to change, you know? So in a way they kind of become like griots or jollies, you know? But then on the other hand, you have the consumers who are just like, I want to be entertained. So everything for them is a matter of was it entertaining or was it not entertaining? They they may not care about the fact that you're talking about um, the fact that uh, suicide rates have gone up. They may not care about the fact that you're talking about how poverty is 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 causing all these problems and how they don't they're not putting enough funding into schools and stuff like that. For them, they're just like, I'm not entertained. So give me something else. And to me, I think that when you're able to merge the two where you're still still able to create art but it's entertaining then and you're able to be successful at it then that's like such a uh, it's such a fine line but it can be achieved but not a lot of artists are able to do that and that's why we see people usually stick with one or the other because some artists are so based on entertainment that if a social issue comes up they avoid it like the plague some artists are so uh message driven that they they take the stance yeah, they take it. They exactly, exactly. So it's it's. But if you're able to, and that's where I think like Childish Gambino, J. Cole, uh, Kendrick. But again, I think Kendrick has probably done the best job of it. You know, for real, bro. So I have a question for you, and it's 100 percent inspired by this conversation. But yeah, and I'm gonna draw another parallel to it as well. But do you think that the the controversy isn't? It's not that it's like it's necessary. To a point, it's what it seems like. Because I'm, I'm drawing a parallel to, and I don't know what your personal opinions on, on marijuana or weed is, but prohibition actually made the content or what the consumers are looking for out of it, it made it stronger. It made the THC contents higher. It made the CBD contents higher. It made a lot of things higher that without prohibition, it wouldn't have happened. So do you think that the controversy and the struggles and the problems are potentially serving a purpose to empower more so than we ever have or could have been without it? Uh, yes. Um, 
I will say this. I, I'm not a weed smoker, right? Um, but sure. I have a lot of friends who smoke weed, and I don't think it should be criminalized. I do think it should be legalized. Um, I do think that, as with anything, though, it, it comes with, with moderation, right? Um, there are proven health benefits of, of weed, whether you're using it as a uh, recreational drug where you're smoking it to relax or to ease some pain that your body might be going through. And sure. what's crazy about that is that a little side rant, we as an industrialized society spend years upon years working in situations that are not conducive to our bodies. They try to come up with ergonomics to make it easier for us to work uh, so we could produce more. But all these strains and aches that we put onto our body, why would you then take away something that is natural from the earth that could actually help us deal with these pains? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And then to speak further to it, I think that there is, um, like, my family's from Jamaica, so Weed is not something that you just smoke. It's something that you could actually put into a tea and use it for... Exactly. You can put it, use it for medicinal purposes. There's so many things that you can get from this one plant, but it's been demonized. And I think that... there is a greater conversation in regards to um, when you look at it from the standpoint of alcohol. I'm not really a drinker. Like I'll drink maybe a few times a year, if that. And when I think about the amount of deaths or um, loss that has come from alcoholism compared to weed, and we're not talking about like cocaine. We're not talking about like some heavy chemical drug. We're talking yeah. about a plant that comes from the earth that you roll up, <laughs> light stuff, up. Stuff you'll get the same criminal charge as something that someone's been, many people have been killed for. Uh, yeah, you Ex- know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, do, I do think that it, it does lend itself to a larger conversation in regards to why have we criminalized this thing, you know? Um, and if there had been proven benefits to it, then why not regulate it, which is what we're doing now, which is, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we've gotten to this point, but obviously there's still more work that has to be done, you know? Oh, for sure. It's been a, it's been a long time coming, that's for sure. And and that's in regards to a lot of kind of like policy changes in that regards or the things that we're, we're calling cr- people criminals for that don't necessarily carry the same weight as people who actually deserve to be called criminals. Totally. And even even within, and sorry, I know this is probably getting to another tangent, but oh, no, when we look it. at the, the U.S. and we look at the 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 drug laws and the fact that there are people who are in jail for weed and now it's legal and then you have corporations who are making money off that like that's something that needs to be addressed and and people say well it takes time it's like well when it took when it came to locking this person up it didn't take time you did it just like that so maybe we need to put the money and resources into actually looking at these cases to make sure that people are set free if they were just in 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 jail for for weed and like it's yeah there's there's yeah, there's still a lot of work, work to work to get done, you know? And here's something, this is just something that relates to me or something that I've kind of come to in, in my understanding of, of how I even operate myself is that unless you actually meant to offend me, I'm impossible to offend. And even yeah. if you may mean to offend me, I'd probably be like, ah, bro, whatever. It is what it is. But it, it's the intention behind things. So are we locking up people who, it, they're, they're, oh, man. Yeah, I guess this is a tangent for no, another d- conversation. No, d- dude, if you, if you want me to converse about that, because in, in my opinion, I'm my whole thing is that like when I look at um, what is called the prison industrial complex, right? And I look yeah. at how uh, prisons have become for profit and they're not set up in a way where people are actually rehabilitated for them to be able to um, 
to reintegrate into society. To reintegrate to society or figure out, okay, well, like that in itself, just the whole fact that they've taken on the reintegration, but then you have to look at what is the base root of the problem in the first place. For why sure. Why do we have parts of, of the world in which like you'll be in the same country and it's not like you're dealing with like two different countries. Like whether you look at Canada or you look at the U.S. When we look at the, granted our poverty and homeless rates aren't as high as the U.S., but for a country as great as Canada is, we should not have these problems, right? And, but then you have to look at, okay, what is the root problem of it? You look at what's happening with the indigenous people, like what caused the problems that they're having and what are we doing to fix those problems? And you look at how certain areas will get, and again, like the US and and Canada are very different in the sense that like there's like history, like that has created the, the, the problems where all of a sudden you have schools that aren't getting funded. You have, um, you have areas where, like Flint, Michigan, where they their their water is being poisoned, and, and and like all these things, where it just creates this massive divide. And then when people go and commit crimes, you don't you don't say, okay, well, what caused this crime? You say we need to lock this person up, and then you go and put them into a jail, where then people actually have stocks and 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 shares in this company. So then now it's like, okay, we you're incentivizing the. Uh, the justice system to keep these people locked up for as long as possible and to make sure that they're producing so that someone else can actually receive a check for their for them being in there. So it's like this whole system that just seems like it's intended to not work whatsoever, you know? For real, bro. That's so wild. I love the way you put it as well. I just want to ask you one question and it might not be enough to a- answer it one answer, but if you can... Please do, but do you think that there is a granddaddy problem of them all? Like the one main problem, or do you think it is a series of multiple, multiple, or do you do you think actually there is like a granddaddy problem? No, I think I think it's a series of problems because I think that we can't pinpoint one thing as being the only the only catalyst. We can't pinpoint one thing as being the only thing that that uh, that is leading to this. I think that it is looking at all these different areas because I think that's one of the biggest problems that we do have as a society is that we get fixated on, okay, this is what we need to work on. And then we leave out Lose everything sight. else, you know? Yeah. And then right. as we're dealing with this one problem, all of a sudden we're completely ignoring these other problems and saying, well, like, well, we don't need to worry about this. And it's just like, no, like we need to take a step back and figure out a plan. And this is what was so crazy because like I'm I'm not involved in politics or anything like that, but I don't see how you have have people who are public servants who are and don't get me wrong, there are there are public servants who do a great job, but there are a lot of public servants who are complacent and yet they still re- get paid off of taxpayers dollars mm-hmm. and receive a pension when they're done and all these these benefits. And it's like, but what did you do during your time that you were supposed to be working for the people? You know what I'm saying? I do. And I think maybe if we to put it in words, that's the difference between like providing a job and providing a service, perhaps. Yeah. Because if if at the end of the day you're just trying to make a paycheck and you know that your money, you're making six figures because you're in this role and that's that's like you're and you're bragging about it and you're living the life because of it. But at the end of the day, you're not providing the service that you promised to to provide and man that's that's the current state of our political situation but hey we're gonna take that quick break i told yes. you about and we'll jump right back into it okay sounds good hi brother and we're gonna listen to a track by the group that arlo maverick was a part of politic live this track is called executive summary enjoy 
In the meantime, between time, we feature music from rap recording artists, politic life. So all of the one them from the north side, south side, east side, west side, anywhere come from right now, I saw the thing set. So all of the youngsters, they believe us, the man them with no tune right now, no so politic life, but one with things. Who's the last soldier fire, Garris, T.O.A., the king of the building right now, everybody give us some signal, light them up! Name with no money in the bank Yeah, my face on a bus But ain't rich as you think Cause I'd rather be broke With my soul intact Than to be a rich nigga That cannot go back The Lord of Sousa edge To become dull knives Imprisoned by the fear That they fans won't like Songs that'll challenge Songs that provoke Now they making pop tunes And they songs is a joke So politically correct They instinctively neglect The possibility The fans are critically adept That with all the respect And I do mean some What makes you so smart And your fans so dumb Notoriety would Adaptation may be plastic Despite poor sales You would look to them as classics Like here we are the ushering Labels will not suck at them Dilute the potency Just erase some numbers in the
What is up, everyone? I'm back with Arlo Maverick. How you feeling, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Loving the conversation, man. The conversation. Yeah, dude. It's it's so wild because we're having such honest. The stuff we're getting on the record is amazing, and we can't fit it all on the record. But the stuff off the record, oh, bro. Yeah. You are, <laughs> we're we're on a vibe here. But let's. Totally. Uh, so we were talking about your your past work with your group. When when did you start with your group? And remind me of the name again. Uh, Politic Lab, or for short, Politic, Politic Lab. Lab. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What time, what year did you guys start at? Uh, we, this would have been back. Notoriety drops in 2003, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, dude. It drops in 2003, dude. man. Yeah. <laughs> here, here I was thinking like 2012, 2013. No, 2012 was the last album. That was Ellipsis, man. Dude. Yeah, that was the, the last album was, uh, 2012 was the last album. Holy crap. Okay. Well, then in 2015, that's appropriate to say you started putting out your first solo stuff. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And so I've got you with the first track drop as the resume. One of the themes that you bring up in this track is, or one of the one of the explicit lines you say is that you'd rather be broke with your soul intact. And we were talking about this off the record. And it's funny because you brought it up before I even brought it up in, yeah. a, in a different light is how, how a lot of artists these days don't really put forward or talk about the conversations that we're having right now, the people who actually have the uh, platform to reach. Totally. Uh, I, I guess the people who need to hear it. Totally, totally. Um, and essentially what I was just saying is that, like, imagine the conversations we're having. Imagine if the bigger artists that um, have the the reach, have the platform, were actually having these conversations publicly so that their fans could actually hear it. Then it might inspire their fans to be like, okay, well, there's more that I could be doing or um, what can I do? Um, or even inspire the artist to be like, yo, like maybe I need to actually address this issue because um, whether it's Drake, whether it's uh, Young Thug, whether it's uh, Little Uzi Vert, who, whoever it may be, and not say that these artists don't actually speak about things that are important, but there's a lot of others, uh, there's a lot of other other messages that they could be getting out there that they aren't getting out there, and part of it is due to the fact that like hip hop and music as a whole has become so corporatized to the point where you. You always want to stay neutral. Like everybody's trying to be Sweden where it's just like, okay, well, I don't want to upset anybody. So let me just make music that makes people forget. And I think that we've we've been in a state of uh, escapism for too long, you know? Bro, that's that's exactly like what we were talking about before about like Childish Gambino and J. Cole because they're willing to put forward that music that it is going to lose fans and is going to lose, I guess, money for the corporations. Yeah. Whereas like these... Right, because like, if imagine if Drake said something super controversial and lost half his fans, he's not losing money and and fans for himself. He's losing because uh, essentially Drake is an IP at this point. Yeah, <laughs> he is. <laughs> oh man, and and the thing about it is that I try not to. I'll never tell an artist what to speak about, but I also want artists to understand that you only have one life to live, and when people. Like, for example, like we're now living in an era where when you die, people go over your Instagram, people go over your Twitter. And that's you're essentially leaving your legacy based off of these social media platforms. And what will people say about how you contributed to the world? Will it be like if so let's say, for example, um, you pick any artist out there and they were to die today and someone would be like, okay, their Instagram was a snapshot of their life. Will it just be selfies? Will it just be um them throwing money in the air will it just be them twerking or will it be a situation of like wow like <laughs> this person here like really said like imagine if tupac had 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 instagram like for sure imagine how different things would be Bro. considering the message that he had like he'd probably have like yo like uh 
tributes for mothers. He'd probably have like, yo, like I uh, was just down uh, talking with the Bloods and Crips today, and we're trying to find a way to like, like unite, kind of like Nipsey in the middle, yeah. Know, so, yeah, word, bro. It's it's the side of the conversation that you don't see, and it's funny because it can be taken both ways, good and bad. Totally, totally. And I think and that. It, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, you first, brother. No, I was gonna say, and I, I don't want to take away from the work that some of these artists are doing that we're not necessarily seeing because there are people who are making charitable donations. But I think the biggest thing is going back to what I what I, I said in the beginning of of our conversation was being the change that you want to see in the world. If I'm writing a check and saying, okay, well, I gave this money to um, this one cut to this one organization for them to help children or whatever, then what does that say to my fans? If a, they don't know about this and B, if they hear about it and they're just like, Oh, well, he just wrote a check. It, it doesn't show any, uh, uh, effort on my part to actually be part of the solution. It's more so, well, I'll just write a check and then that's good. That's imagine having a parent who never spends time with you, but always writes a check to you. It says a lot in regards to how much they actually value their time with you based off the fact that all they do is say, oh, well, money will be able to solve this. And like money's not solving all those issues. Like imagine if we had um, some of the biggest whether it be artists or athletes or entertainers, people that people idolize and look up to, start volunteering in the communities that they came from and saying, hey, like, yo, like, we're going to run these school programs and and I'm going to be down there with the kids and teaching them so on and so forth. Yes, it does take away from your ability to be this untouchable or unattainable artist, but in removing that mystique, you now end up inspiring how many different people who now they're just like, yo, like, so-and-so came down to my school today and like we were doing like these these uh writing tutorials because if you think about it like there's a lot of artists in the, the genre of hip-hop who could be considered literary greats based off of how For they're sure. able to put words together like but and sorry this is going off into a <laughs> totally no, that's okay, but, dude. please but, do please but do i just mean in the sense of like imagine if those artists were actually spending time in the communities that they came from, as opposed to like being so disconnected from the world to the point where it's just like, again, creating this whole deity complex where it's just like, you have the power and the influence to speak about certain things. You have the power and influence to be in the community. Imagine if like all the artists, like from like, let's say a Chris Brown to a Drake to a young thug, whoever it may be, just said, Hey, you know what? Next week, we're going to go to this one community that's in one of the worst neighborhoods and and, and granted, they have to have security. I'm aware of that. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but imagine, imagine they said, hey, you know, we're going to do uh, a whole day of or a whole weekend of just picking up garbage. We're going to go in and we're going to pick up, like, imagine. We're going to inspire. Exactly. Imagine how, and like, not say Drake didn't do God's plan or anything like that. And I don't want to keep harping upon him, but I just, he's the biggest artist at the moment. So that's why I use sure. him as an example. But I think that if more artists were actually leading by example and not doing it just because we need to make a press opportunity, but doing it in the sense of like, okay, let's be consistent with this because with all the respect from God's plan, have we seen anything that is outside of a paycheck that shows leading by example? You know what I'm saying? Sure, and again, bro. I'm not, I'm not trying, I don't want anyone listening to this to be like, yo, this guy's hating on him because I've had the same criticisms of Jay-Z. You know, I've had the same criticisms of, I uh, I can't have them of Kendrick. I can't have them of of or maybe I can't. But <laughs> you get Dude, what I'm I, saying. You I, get what I'm saying. I hundred percent get what you're saying. And and to anyone who even I don't I honestly don't think you'll get those criticisms. But I could see if anyone actually feels that way. This is the first thing that comes to my mind. To be honest, and uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. But the Bohemian Rhapsody movie that uh, follows through Queen and uh, yes, since and, I've seen it and just yeah. 
the, everything that they did and then ending with the, the Live Aid concert, the, like that Live Aid concert, bro. If yeah. we, is there anything in recent history that we have had like that? Is there anything in the near future that we are going to have that's like that where it's literally just for a cause? Uh, and it's and it's millions and millions of people involved. It's the most popular, the people with the most reach, the people like it would be Drake would be there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. Kendrick so. would be there. It, it would be like Coachella, but not for the fucking people. I don't know. It would be Coachella, but not for the people who are attending Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, and maybe we need that. Maybe once we get out of this whole COVID situation, maybe that's something that, that uh, the bigger artists need to look at in the sense of what are we really doing? Because remember, this is supposed to be this moment of reflection, so on and so forth. And what's crazy about it is that I feel that we were reflective as a society for maybe a month. And then after that, it was just like we once restrictions began to, to to lift off everyone's back to like okay i gotta make sure i'm down at the gucci store to let people see that i still got gucci i gotta make sure and it's just like we need to get out of this whole um mentality of like trying to impress it's, people it, or it's yeah the, it's the ego bro totally 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 you need to get out of that mentality that it's it's i have to do something for me so other people see me as doing this thing totally 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 you know what it might boil down to though is it's people it's not just the people trying to be perceived in a certain way but it's the people who are doing the perceiving the people who are watching the fans mm. that that need to stop uh man i don't i, I don't have the answer i guess i, I wish i did but it, it's the consumers that need to to lax their consumerism and actually kind of understand the stuff that they are consuming and how it affects them and not just them, but the rest of the world as well. Oh yeah, no, totally, totally. Cause we give power to people who we consume things from, right? Exactly. Um, and it's a way of voting. It's the reason Takashi 6 9 is still popping oh, in the media. dude. <laughs> That's a whole other story, dog. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reason why. You know, there, there's a lot. I, I don't know why I brought his. The first name no, that popped no, up no, my no, head. Of but course. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying. I already I, I say that because of the fact that like that dude is like the epitome of what hip hop should not be. <laughs> but and he's exactly. He's like the. Oh, bro. Or even what's his nuts who was. Uh, he spoke at the Trump. One of the Trump rallies. Oh, what's Little Pump. Name? Little Pump. Little pump, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, and here's the thing. If you can't draw the parallel from this conversation, or sorry, the listeners, if you can't draw the parallel from this conversation to those artists and what that means, especially like it, since we brought it into politics already, yeah, it, it's kind of obvious. And I, I hope people that are listening are keying in that if you're supporting these people, these individuals, you're supporting the ideals, you're supporting the ideas, you're supporting a whole lot of stuff that I hope you're aware that you're supporting. But I think I think the the weird thing about it though is that um we are um idly supporting. And I say idly supporting idly true because of the fact that before if I wanted to support somebody, I had to physically go out and purchase product. I had to um you find their album online or their, their shirts, their hats. You download it, so on and so forth. Now, like, yeah. the thing that, that's so fascinating about Takashi 6 9 is that because of the fact that we're all just tuning in to see the train wreck, we are supporting him. The and drama, and yeah. when, when, the, the, when the industry sees the numbers that he's able to drum up, then that's what gets the attention, right? But um, And that's where I think that we, we have to be careful because even – and that's why I use the term idly uh, – uh, supporting because I don't intend to support Takashi Six Nine when I tune in to see what he who he's going to be dissing or whatever the case may be. But I am now giving him one more view that then adds to the algorithm that allows for him to all of a sudden become everywhere and and 
that's something that we have to be conscious of in the sense of like, don't click on it because the moment we click on it, we're sending a message that this is what we want. You know what I'm saying? You said it, bro. You you said my trigger word algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and this is what I think people don't understand is that that or the majority of people is that the algorithm isn't just it's not just in computers anymore. It's that that view that you just talked about that you're giving to them. That's part of the algorithm. That's part of what the businesses and these companies know is that they're they're feeding into the controversy. They're going to do something one day that everybody's going to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the algorithm. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because like we live for that now. You know, like the Dude. the everything we do is just like we're like that's one thing I appreciate about about Gary V. Um, is that when he talks, he talks about like just creating for the sake of creating, just doing for the sake of doing, like having a purpose behind what you do, where so many people are just like, well, and this is what's so fascinating is that when we look at historically great art, right? Sometimes it doesn't perform the way that that it's supposed to perform, right? And so let's go all the way back to Michael Jackson's Thriller album, right? Yeah. Thriller, if you look at all the history that's behind it, right? There's like, there's so much content online about this, right? And I use that album because it's, I'm not sure if it still is one of the biggest selling albums of all time. It's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, Yeah. it's iconic, right? And when you look at it, if Thriller would have dropped today, it would not be as iconic as it is because the data and the algorithm of, if it was released today in the same way it was released, where I think that uh, The Girl Is Mine was the first single, um, and then there was another song that was, I think, Billie Jean or Beat It was the second single, um, and it wasn't until, I think, Thriller that the album really took off. So if the algorithm is looking at these first few singles that are being released, and it's saying the album is a failure based off the fact that there isn't that demand and what the label would have probably been like, hey, you know what, Michael, like uh, we tried, I guess we're, we're just no more no more videos for the album, right? And yeah. I bring that example up in the sense that we've lost touch with actually just trusting the process or actually just allowing for things to organically happen. If things don't happen within a certain time period, we see it as a failure and we write it off. But some of the greatest albums like Nas's Illmatic, like, that album, like, I don't even think it went gold in its first year. And yet every no, hip-hop yeah. artist, like, will tell you that this album is, like, the, this is the standard for what you want to do when you want to make a, a classic album. But it wasn't classic in the sense of sales. It wouldn't have been classic in the sense of algorithm, you know? For sure, man. That's so crazy. And even, even Jay-Z, look at Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt wasn't a big selling album when it first came out. And yet Jay went on to become one of the biggest hip-hop artists of all time. <sighs> Eminem's infinite. Eminem's infinite. It's so like. wild relating all these things. Yeah, dude. No, it's it's weird. It, it's weird because you think about all these things that they're they're historically it's it's history, right? Yeah. These are we're we're dating things from like ten plus years ago. Yeah. But uh, how it relates to this day is oh man, that's so wild. Because you're right. You're a hundred percent. Ninety percent of those albums released back then would flop to to this day for so many different reasons. Ninety percent of the artists that made it pre two thousand would flop to this day for the reasons of whatever the algorithms are yeah. right now. Yeah. And it's not. And like I said, it's not necessarily the algorithms within the computers. It's the algorithms of how we operate as as people. Totally. Because keep in mind that as as a, as a person who listens to music, 
Um, some people love the love the discovery process, right? So they're like, "Yo, For I don't sure. care what the artwork looks like. I don't care what everyone else is saying. Like, I'm interested. I don't care what the artist does in his yeah, personal time. Exactly. I want to hear the music. You know." Where some people are yeah. just like, well, I need great, I need great artwork. I need for everyone to be talking about it. I need for a friend to recommend it. And at one point in time, it's just like you, like we would just like record stores would be pl- places that people would just go to and just be like, hey, you're talking to somebody who works at the record store. Like, hey, what do you recommend? Uh, what's new? Blah blah blah. And you would spend time listening to the music. Where now it's like I feel like we treat music more as a commodity, and it's just like, okay, we only want what's popular everything else i'll wait till it till it becomes popular then i'll care about it you know which is really unfortunate because like we could be sleeping on going back to 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 the what you said earlier like what if we how many times have we killed uh jesus how many times have we killed so-and-so right how many times uh, did we say that off the record though did we said oh man i think we might have said it off the record yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to remember that <laughs> <laughs> But it's, that's cool. Though. But, but you get the point. You get the point. Huh? Let me let me give the skinny for the listeners. Right. Though what we were talking about before about that is like uh, the people who oh, fuck. How did we even say it? We we're we we're talking about the people who don't get the opportunity to even make a statement, but but could have caused the changes that we could have seen in the world. So how many times have we killed the person who could have cured cancer? How many times have we killed Jesus Christ, the person who would have like made those differences? Uh, but yeah, sorry to take to go back to what you were talking about. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing for music. Like, how many great artists have we overlooked that um, could have done so much more as far as where music could be taken to? You know, um, for sure. Like even Outkast. Like I was talking about this the other day when Outkast dropped um, um, their first album. Like, here's an album that most where hip hop was at the time. Most people were just like, "What the hell is this?" You know. But how many years later? You look at how many people are inspired by it. Look at Kanye West's 808 and Heartbreaks. Like, that's an album that people sure. are just like, what the hell is this guy doing? And yet, how many years later, the album has impacted and changed the sound of hip-hop and just popular music as a whole. And, like, I think sometimes we, because of the fact that, that like, we're, we don't allow for time, like, the moment somebody drops something, we say it's a classic, right? And we, yeah. we don't actually look at it from the standpoint of, like, yo, like, a classic should also take into account its ability to age over time. Some music yeah, comes or out... Or to influence the genre as and, a whole. Exactly, you know? And, like, if an album just dropped last night and I love every song on it, I don't know how well it's going to age and I don't know what the impact exactly. and influence it's going to have. Yes. So I got to give it at least five or ten years. And then as I look back in retrospect, I could say, that's a classic. But it's hard for me to actually call something a classic in the moment that it's in because some some albums, when you go back and listen to them... They feel specific to that time period and not just specific because of the sounds that were made, but they feel specific because it can't, it do, hasn't uh, aged well. It, it, it just sounds really bad how many years later, you know, it wasn't something that was timeless, you know? Man, this reminds me of a quote and I'm going to drop it right now, even though I don't know the source, but uh, it goes, a man never steps into the same river twice because he is no longer the same man and that is no longer the same river. Damn, dude. Damn. Isn't it? It's kind of what we're talking on, ain't it? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Oh, man. I, w- I wish I knew the source right now, but anybody yeah. listening can find it out. But yeah, isn't that, doesn't that kind of speak to what we're talking about? Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Is that even even the listener, if you hear a song and you're like, oh, that's a classic, five years from now, you could listen back to it and you'd be like, oh, man, I what was I thinking? thinking yeah. Or e- even <laughs> if you wrote that song, you know what yeah. I mean? If you wrote a song, really, right? Yeah. But uh, 
but we're, we're, we're stepping in overtime and I do want to touch on specifically some of your tracks. Is there anything you want to say on what we just talked about real quick? No, nah, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. We're, we, uh, it's so funny. We, we talked about your first track, the resume, and now we're going to just jump into one of your more recent tracks. I guess we did talk a little bit about it, but black every day, bro. This is a track that is obviously, maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but it, to me, it seems like it's inspired by current events. It's inspired by years and years and years of emotion and history. And yeah. one of the lines, Actually, I'll let you talk. I know here, one of the lines that I pulled out of it um, that spoke a lot to me, even though it's not really directly related to me, but it just reframed something in my brain was they want to they wanna walk like our queens, be strong as our queens, but don't want the struggle that developed those genes. Yeah. I get shivers when I hear things like that, bro, because because people don't think about that. People don't think about what caused culture, what caused slang, yes. what caused hip hop. Yes. It it wasn't an idea that was born overnight. It was uh it was like oh man, it it, it was constant erosion or constant struggle and constant trying to climb out of a fucking hole. Yeah. Yeah, nah, dude, you you, you summed it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you summed it up, man. Um, well, well, bro, I, I want to hear your like you. You talk about it as well because, like, the, the, the way you phrase it here, man. I like I've heard it before in, in similar ways, but yeah. just like even putting it, they don't want the struggle that developed those genes. It says it so yeah. well, vividly, bro. Well, that, that's actually a double entendre in the sense of the struggle that developed those genes, in the sense of a, uh, a black woman's body being like booty. this. Yeah, this booty being something that everybody <laughs> wants to wants. Like, so many women want to. They want, want that, that voluptuousness, they want that, but then they don't yeah. want the struggle that gets them to that. But then it's also the, the 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 genes in the sense of like like you're looking at people who are, and whether you're looking at like uh, continental Africans or people who have come through the diaspora, um, you're looking at years and years of struggle and 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 uh, things that are passed down from generation. And you're looking at uh, conditions. You're looking at um, treatment. You're looking at uh, just so much history. And the, the unfortunate thing about it is that um, that line speaks towards the fact that there's a struggle that Black people as a whole have to go through that gives the resilience, that gives the strength. And everybody, uh, I shouldn't get, yeah, we'll just say everybody. A lot of people look at that and they're just <laughs> like, well, I want to be that strong. And it's just like, but do you know what what it took to get to that? Like when we see- yeah. uh, uh, Did you look uh, at the history? Exactly. Did you look at the history? Did you look at at the the the- the pain that had to get to the point of being that strong, you know, like that's mm-hmm. not something that just comes overnight, as you said. And and even the sad thing about it is that, um, and I tried to create balance within that verse is that let me speak towards some of the struggles, but then also let's speak towards some of the beauty that's also there because of the fact that like um, there's a history as it relates to Africans that is there before colonialism, but we never talk about pre-colonial Africa. We always seem to start from, the point of Europeans coming to the shores and, and transporting us into uh, the the Caribbean, into South America, into America or North America. But there's a history that's before that. And that history is something that I feel that if it was taught more in public schools, then there would be, you'd have a lot more Black kids who would be proud of who they are as opposed to sometimes feeling like, okay, well, uh, the only thing that we see about ourselves is slavery. And then we overcame that, but we're still struggling where it's just like, you look at other, and the weird thing about it too, is that black people weren't the only people, or I should say Africans weren't the only group of people 
to be enslaved. There were, sure. And that's why I'm glad you said everybody at the beginning of this. Yeah, because when you think about it, it's just like you've had the Irish that were enslaved because even my family's from Jamaica and the original people that were brought to the to Jamaica to actually do the, the work on the plantations for sugarcane were the Irish. But we don't look at Irish people and their ancestors and call them slaves. But we look at people of African descent, and we say, yeah, your ancestors were slaves. And it's just like, no, they were people who were in bondage. They were people who were enslaved. Russia had had slaves. Like, like yeah. there's so many different groups of people who were enslaved, but for some reason, like, our community is the one that we attach that to. And, and part of the music I create, while it doesn't just deal with, with issues affecting the Black community, I want to be able to create... Um, positive images. I want to be able to create, uh, I want to be able to empower my community. I want to be able to allow them to see that like we are more than what people people show of us and also show other people that we're more than what people should see as well too. You know? And part of that goes back to um, being involved behind the scenes in addition to being in front of the camera. Like I'm not sure For if sure. you've seen the videos that I released in 2020, but um, every one of them had a, uh, a black lead. Right. Everyone uh, of them yeah. showed black people in a positive light and um, show, showed black people as diverse as opposed to being just people who uh, play basketball or um, do this, or do that. Like there's a scene in Black Everyday, the music video where you see um, my drummer, B-Boyer, skateboarding. And it's just like, yo, black people can skateboard as well, too. You know, so <laughs> I wanted to, to show just a little bit of diversity within who we are. Um, and also just just uh, show things that that allow for people both in the community and outside of the community to look at, at these things and be like, wow, like black is beautiful. You no, know? oh, man, I love that. And I love the message. And I love the way you're putting it forward, dude. This entire conversation has been phenomenal bro but unfortunately we are pushing our time here damn sorry dog sorry dog <laughs> no no it's, it's no issue dude like because because to, to for me man i eat sleep and breathe these types of conversations i i want to get this information out there i want people to consume this i want people to think about it i want this information to be like not forced into people's minds but i want them to chew on it totally, and so totally. the more the more it can happen, the more the more beauty is going to be created as a result. But uh, is there anything that you want to say as like kind of a final sign off to anybody who's listening, just to kind of end the podcast here? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for for uh, reaching out and like making this conversation possible. Um, oh, I look yeah. forward to people listening to it, and hopefully they'll check out uh, some music. We've got some more um, thought provoking music coming in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Sorry, um, <laughs> New Year, New Year. <laughs> So fresh though, so fresh though. Still stuck in 2020. So fresh. No, weird, bro. Bro, it, it feels like January 2020 to me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we got what? How many months taken away from us? So we we can make an extension. Oh, I guess that's weird, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Arlo Maverick. I really appreciate it, bro. This has been ah. Oh. You've you've inspired my work for the rest of the day. I'll tell you that. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I I appreciate you reaching out as well too, man. Like the work that you do is inspiring as well, and I look forward to seeing more of your uh, podcast. Hey, and that's where, brother. All right, thank you so much, man. I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Peace, Peace. out. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Reevolve Media Revolution podcast. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Arlo Maverick. If you want to learn a little bit more about him and connect to some of his socials, head on down to www.reevolvemedia.com forward slash Arlo Maverick. And we are going to listen to another track by him. This one is titled Black Every Day. Enjoy and take care.
business, some folks was tone deaf Talking like publicists for well-crafted slogans Suddenly the veil that once covered their eyes was Finally absent, gone with the attachments To feeling comfortable, denying black trauma They was ready to march, they was ready for drama Yelling, fuck the police, the chance ran clear They recognized they privilege and told us they were there But guilt is an emotion that you can't trust It comes and goes like a man's lust huh. Two weeks later, the status quo But rarely compensated Black is beautiful, how is that not a fact when Karen and Becky want a black girl As they want to walk like our queens Be strong as our queens But don't want the struggle that develop those genes Black is resilient, how is that not true Name another group, this summer what we do Gave you gas masks and light bulb filament Needless to say, black folks are instrument To develop and get you on a residence To be imprisonment What are you, an idiot? Our songs are bland Your privilege is a weapon and it's killing us, man Cause Sunday